0: At Mass, we all stand and we profess our faith. Now, this is something which we do every single Sunday, which means that I assume that most Catholics stand there and just go into autopilot. You know, we, we don't necessarily think about what we're professing. We definitely don't think about the implications of what we're professing. But really, the whole point of why we profess our faith is that we're meant to almost be going through a bit of a checklist and thinking through, have my actions actually been in line with what I'm saying here? Now, at first glance, that might seem a little bit difficult because, you know, when you think of the, the doctrines that we're professing here, you know, the belief in the Holy Spirit, the resurrection of the dead, the life everlasting, you know, the forgiveness of sins, these all sound like church things. And, and often we will compartmentalize them as, as part of our church life. The real challenge for us is whether we can start to see these as being things that influence every part of our life. You know, are your financial decisions influenced by what you profess on a Sunday? Does the way that you relate with other human beings, is that shaped by how you profess your creed on Sunday? And so I think, really, this is where we need to challenge ourselves. If the creed is the summary of what we believe, what does that then look like when it's lived out? You know, in the previous episode, I mentioned about how we're coming to a stage in the church's history where holiness is no longer a luxury for a few, but it's a necessity for everyone. Because We've come through many centuries where we've just taken for granted that we're living in a Christian world, a world which is influenced by Christian morals and values, and we never really had to think hard about what we believed. We were just being carried by a current that, you know, so many generations of people who had made the right decisions were just carrying us along. The difference being that we now find ourselves in an era where people are very intentionally trying to remove those values and beliefs from our system. And this is where we've got to wake up as Christians. You know, we we can no longer just be half asleep and just kind of sleepwalking our way through life. We, We actually need to be fully alert to say, well, am I making decisions which correlate to what I profess to believe. You know, there's a, a really interesting quote which I came across by Peter Hitchens. You, you, you may have come across Christopher Hitchens, the famous atheist. This is his brother, Peter, who was also an atheist, but reconverted back to his original Christianity that he was brought up in. He makes the comment about our modern culture where he says, our ancient culture was a forest that took a 1,000 years to grow and less than half a century to cut down. Now that the trees are all flattened, the people who massacred them find that they are shivering in a howling wilderness, that they are powerless to restore to its former shape. Yeah, It's a powerful image because I think it, it makes us appreciate where the values of our culture came from. There can be this very simplistic understanding that, you know, everyone in our society just knows what is good and what is bad. And therefore, this must be somehow part of our human nature. It's it's just innate in us. We don't actually need Christianity to tell us what's right and wrong, because we're just naturally good. This quote by Peter Hitchens really tries to highlight the fact that the place that we currently are in our in our history and and the values that we take for granted were the result of so many generations of Christians fighting for what they believed was important. You know, the values that we hold now in terms of the dignity of life and the role that women should have in society and you know the fact that we don't agree with slavery, you don't have to go very far back in history to realize that these were not that common. You know, if you you go back a thousand years and you realize that the world looked like a very different place to what it is now. The culture that we live in was like a forest that took a thousand years to grow. It was a thousand years of Christians trying to live the gospel, trying to work out how the creed, the, the profession of faith, how that influenced every decision that they made until that's just became the culture around us. If you go back even further to the time of the early church, you start to see a different time where you had Christianity starting to become dominant in our society, but already people were taking it for granted. There's a beautiful quote again from St. John Chrysostom where he puts out to his congregation and he basically says, Do you know why the pagans refuse to believe us? Because they expect us to prove the truth of our teaching by deeds and not by words. And when they see us building fine houses and buying baths and gardens and lands, they do not believe that we really regard our time on earth as simply a preparation for eternal life. Thus do we betray the mission that Christ has entrusted to us. We are no longer the salt of the earth and we shall be punished for having lost our savor. You know, John Chrysostom was famous for being very blunt in his preachings. He, he eventually got sent into exile by his own bishops, mind you, who sort of conspired against him because, because he was calling for a radical following of the gospel at a time when people were already wanting to start to compromise he was basically saying that this is important. You know, Jesus didn't die on the cross because he had nothing better to do. The reason why God came amongst us was because he understood the danger we were in. Of of anyone who has ever been in the world, Jesus understood the human heart better than everyone. He knew what we were capable of. And he knew what would happen if we did not have this word of life to challenge us and transform us. And so this is why we need to really start to examine whether our life matches what we profess that we believe. Now, this quote from John Chrysostom, I think, is important because he plants this firmly in the context of the resurrection. You know, I started this podcast talking all about heaven. And the reason for that was very intentional. For a couple of reasons. Firstly, because I don't think we talk about heaven enough. And I think we talk about it badly. But also because if this is the central hope of our faith, then it needs to challenge every part of how we live. Heaven is not simply something for when we die Heaven is meant to almost be lived backwards. You know, we're, we're meant to have hope in what happens after death but realize that that belief starts to change everything about how I now live. If if I truly believe that I will never die, you know, if, if I truly believe that, that death is not fatal, that I will live for all of eternity, then how does that, start to change the decisions I make today. And once again, if we just go back to this quote by John Chrysostom, you know, he's basically saying, do we truly believe that our time on earth is a preparation for eternal life? Or are we haunted by this fear of missing out? I think most people live with this sort of unconscious awareness that the clock is ticking, that very soon they're going to be old and frail and they won't be able to enjoy themselves anymore. And so they need to spend it all on themselves. You know, that their youth is the most valuable time of their life. That their money is really to be spent for their own happiness. And anything they give to charity is just going to be the leftovers. Whereas when you look at the lives of the saints, the defining thing about the people that we call saints I think really is the fact that they they had taken time to think about this doctrine of the resurrection. They had placed their hope in eternal life so much that they were prepared to waste their life here on earth in, in the sense that they were able to spend it on other people rather than themselves. Yeah, you know, So when we look at the lives of many saints who would leave their, their wealth and their fortune to go and live in a monastery or they would go and live a life, life as a beggar on the streets caring for the poor. On one side, we would say it's a complete waste. You know, they have thrown away their, their opportunity to live a happy life. But at the same time, we would say they've made a decision to spend what they had on other people because they believed that they were going to live for eternity. They would never miss out because they would have all of eternity to enjoy the bliss and the joy and the glory of God. This is where the challenge is for us. Do we actually believe what we profess in the creed? And what would it look like, if we were to start to break this down and look at the implications of what we believe. And to recognize this on both sides, that when I actually live my life in the hope of eternity, I am professing my faith. When I care for the dignity of another human being, when I realize that my money is not necessarily all my own, you know, but I should be caring for the poor. By my actions, I am proclaiming to the world the creed. I'm professing my faith. But also to recognize the flip side of this, which is kind of at the heart of this quote by John Chrysostom it's that when I do the opposite, I'm actually professing a different faith. When I start to live for myself, when I start to live as though. This is the only life I'm ever gonna have. I'm actually professing a very different creed, a creed of secularism, a creed of atheism, potentially. You know, when I do make decisions in terms of business or money or finance, which negatively affect other people, or when I turn a blind eye to the fact that the dignity of a human being is being trampled on, what faith am I professing then? You know, what is the creed that I'm basically embodying in my life? I think this question really is, is at the heart of discipleship. You know, I think we need to really start to look at the implications of our actions. Do our actions proclaim the gospel or do they proclaim an anti-gospel? We need to look at this in our life in the world, but also in our life in the church, because the church is very guilty of professing with our lips the gospel of Jesus Christ, but then in the way that we work with people professing a very different gospel, which doesn't necessarily proclaim respect for human beings. This profession of faith needs to go beyond just words and into actions. At that point, we can actually allow the Word of God to become flesh in us. That's the point where Jesus becomes real to our world.